Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. My name is Trey McKnight. I'm your host. And in this season of the podcast, we're interviewing some of the speakers we're hosting at Orange Conference 2022 this April. And we'll talk about what it means to be human and how our churches can better care for the humans in our communities. And we're also so excited for you to get to hear this conversation with our interviewer, Dave Adamson, and our guest, Carlos Whitaker. Carlos is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. He spent 10 years at Sandals Church in California before moving to Atlanta to become the service programming director at Buckhead Church. Carlos is the author of two books, including Kill the Spider. Carlos loves to help people live their life as opposed to their life living them. He's currently regularly teaching at churches and conferences worldwide, including Catalyst Conference, Embrace Church, Fresh Life Church, and so many more. We can't wait for you to get to learn from him. Here's what we know is true. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in what you do as a ministry leader. You know that every early morning, late night, and meeting that could have been an email is so worth it. And when you believe in what you do this much, you do everything you can to make it better. You know that the mission is too important not to try something new. And that's why we created the Redesign Your Ministry to Last course from Orange Masterclass. Join Reggie Joyner as he unpacks the five essential values for your ministry that will last far beyond a person, a model, or yes, even a pandemic, and innovative strategies to help you elevate them in your ministry. Start working on your ministry, not just in your ministry, today by going to orangemasterclass.com. Hey, Carlos, thank you so much for joining us on the Think Orange podcast. It's so great to see you today. I am pumped to see your face. Now, here's the deal. Dude, we didn't even talk about this, but what is happening here? Like, we we match. Do we? We match. (laughs) Yes. Great minds think alike. People, People were talking. I knew... I knew if I was going to be on this fancy video podcast thing, I had to look my best. So. <laughs> well, good job. Good job. How is life in Tennessee at the moment for you? And oh, your man. Life is great here in Tennessee. You know, I, I love middle Tennessee. Never, never in a thousand years would I have dreamt that I would like move to Nashville. You know, I'm from LA. I lived in Atlanta, but Nashville's just become the sweet little spot, man, a little oasis. So we're having a good time. You know, our kids are older teenagers and, and uh, just having a blast in that season. That's awesome. So if you could live anywhere in the world, Carlos, where, where would you want to live? Any place. Okay. So good. And now here's the problem to this question. It's, it's not just one. So uh, it's going to have to be two. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm okay. just, I'm that guy that's going to need a, a summer house and a, and a winter house. Okay. Uh, I, I would need to split my time between like Kalispell, Montana, Glacier National Park, and like just the, the majesty of the outdoors. And then the other half, New York City, Manhattan. Like, so I, I got to have a little bit of both. Like, I got to have the city, but I also have to have like the fly fishing. So if I could, if I could just split time between my two properties there, that would be great. Brilliant. Well, you know, who knows when that happens, who? you know, we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate it all. We'll celebrate it. Hey, <laughs> uh, as you know, you know, we're uh, in the countdown to orange conference and we're talking about the idea of being human because, you know, our conference theme is to be human. And obviously, you know, it seems like a good idea to have you on considering a, you've got a podcast called human hope and B you've yeah. got a book coming out later this year. Can you tell us a bit more? Yeah, no, the book is actually called how to human. And so listen, I, I, I mean, I know Reggie and I 
you know, you know, we may look the same because we, we don't have hair, but apparently we, we like to theme seasons of our lives the same too. Cause I'm all about in this season, everything about, you know, how to human, how to find hope in humanity. And I love that the orange conference is specifically targeting how to lean into our humanity. And I just, I just love it. So, so, so Carlos, what, for you, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. To, to be human for me is to be a mess. And that's kind of where it starts. Like, I, I feel like for far too long, we've, we've seen it in our lives. We've seen humans try to per- perfect the art of not, not even the art, just the, the practice of their humanity on a daily basis. And the thing is, is like, we'll never perfect it. We're, we're messy. We're, mm. you know, humans are messy. We'll never get it. I've got a book coming out called how to human, but, but clue alert clue phone. I'm not going to give you like a plus B equals C. Like there's not a certain way to pull this off. And I, I love by God's original design that he created us to be messy. He created us to, you know, have to figure it out to feel highs and to feel lows and to all the things. And so, you know, for me, the, you know, to, to be human is really to embrace all of the intricacies of the mess that we're in, but also mm. wanting to continue to improve. Yeah, that's great. Well, Carlos, a lot of people would know you probably from social media, uh, specifically Instagram, and and even more specifically, again, Instagram stories. And, and, you know, some would argue uh, that perhaps the messiest place on the planet is social media. So uh, I want to know from you, somebody who's in that world, what, what is one of the most human things that you've ever experienced on social media? Wow. Great question. You're, you know, you're right. I try to use my social media as a place to show my humanness and to teach people how to, again, how to human, you know, and I've I've had, I've had various moments on my journey on socials that I've showed the guts of who I was as a human, but I definitely would say that it was March of March of this year. Uh, my family had like the worst week ever, like our house flooded, my daughter got in a wreck, my dog died, our chickens got killed by an owl and my wife broke her arm mm. going down an escalator in Atlanta, all within like five days. Right. And so like I was documenting this whole thing on on Instagram and it wasn't pretty. There wasn't like a bow to to tie up on on the humanity of the story. And and let me tell you, uh, when my faith in humanity was was restored was I had a friend of mine, Sharon McMahon, who DM me and she said, Hey, what, what's your Venmo? And I was like, ah, listen, like, I'm not, I'm a grown man. I, I don't need anybody to give me their, you know, contributions. I'm fine. She's like, you either tell me your Venmo or I'm going to find it. And I was like, no, I'm not giving you my Venmo. Well, she found my Venmo and she put it up and she said, Hey, one of my good buddies is having the worst week of his life. Hmm. Let's just, let, let's see if we can't help pay for his basement or something. So she put it out there. And let me tell you, Dave, I, in the course of 24 hours, every ounce of debt that my family owed to anyone was completely paid off wow. in 24 hours the, through the course of, of other humans just reaching out and wanting to uh, wanting to touch us, wanting to uh, wanting us to feel their wow. humanity. And I'm not talking about just like the basement flood. I'm talking about hospital bills for 10 years. I'm talking about car payments. All of it was wiped out. And like that was the most human Mm. interaction I'd ever had on social media. And that's when, for me, I started to shift even what I did on social media to try to connect people and allow people to be human with each other, even if they don't necessarily believe or align on the same things. Of course, we're never going to believe and align on the same things as humans, but we still can be human, the best versions of ourselves towards each other. So that's probably, you know, one of the most 
impactful things that I've seen humanity yeah. happen on socials. And, and that's so great. And, and you've obviously, you, you've started to push this, pay this forward, right? Um, because this yeah, is something absolutely. that now you're doing as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what sort of response do you get for, for, for people who don't know? First of all, for people who don't know, why don't you tell yeah, them a little sure. bit about what you do to, to basically replicate what happened to you for other yeah. people that you see in need? Absolutely. You know, I have a, a social following that has grown and over the last year and I'm like, well, you know, what else besides just, ha you know, sharing my life and having these people support, you know, my content, mm. um, could I use uh, my platform for? And so I started to just do these, I call them giving blitzes. And I was like, you know, hey, in 24 hours, it's always a 24 hour blitz. How much money can we raise for ABC? And so, yeah. you know, I, it's, it started with a, a lady that needed a seizure alert dog. That was just one of my Insta Instagram followers and it cost about $30,000. And I was like, it was a Sunday afternoon and I remember seeing her story. She didn't ask me. I just saw her story in my feed. And I was like, huh, she only has like, I think she had like $7,000 raised she, and she'd been raising money for a month. I said, I wonder what, what we could do. So I put it on my Instagram story and I don't know, it was three minutes later, she had a dog. Three minutes later, she had $30,000. Like, wow. And I was like, oh, 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 wow. Wait a second. Well, that happened. And then I tried it again. I went on a trip to Alaska uh, and raised a whole bunch of money for these kids from Brooklyn, this leadership program. It was, I think we raised like $280,000 in 24 hours. And at that point, Dave, I started realizing, okay, I've got a community that wants to give yeah. and I'm not going to stop. So in the course of the last six months, let's see, I'm, uh, right, right around six months, we've raised about $800,000 strictly wow. in Venmo and PayPal donations alone. So I'm talking about like $3 donations, $1.50 donations. And so I've just seen so many people be impacted by humans coming together. So that's really, that, that's, that's what you've asked. That, that's that's yeah. what I've really been into and kind of leading this charge recently. That's so fascinating, dude. Now, now, obviously, you know, that's an inspiring story that a lot of people will, will get inspiration from. What, what can people do though, realistically? What can the average person who's listening to this podcast, who's maybe like the pastor of a small church or maybe they're in, you know, student ministry, they're a youth pastor or, or something along those lines. What can they do that's similar to, to that without the following on social media that you yeah. have? Oh, I, I tell people all the time, it actually has nothing to do with the amount of money or the amount of followers and everything to do with just seeing another human. That, mm. That's it. All, all these people that are being that are being helped. Of course, the financial blessing is is great for them. But what they've told me over and over again yeah. is like, Carlos, like I, I just I felt invisible. And, and all of a sudden people see me. Yeah. And so what, what I what I tell the pastor listening to this or the you know, whoever it may be every day try to find somebody that you can see, whether that's just a smile in a grocery store, whether that's paying for somebody's groceries yourself, um, yeah. that, that you see, you see a mom struggling with three kids, like just, just kind of like, you know, just run up to them and stick your credit card in the, in the machine before they go. Like, what are ways that you can see other people? It doesn't have to be a, a financial thing. You can just tell somebody how amazing their outfit looks. You know, I, yeah. I did a, I did, I did a little, test on an airplane a couple months ago. And I said, I'm going to compliment every single person that walks on this plane, like every single person. So every single person that I could get it out fa as fast as I could, I, man, I love your shoes. Oh my gosh. Like your smile looks great. And the amount of people that like stopped me and thank you so much. Like you could see yeah. how just a compliment can change someone's day. So that's all I'm telling people is just see people. That's all, all of these giving blitz are doing is they're making people feel seen. And that's what yeah. people desire.
I was literally reading, Carlos, just last week that a, a big health insurer in the US came out last month with this study that showed that Gen Z spends 7.3 hours per day on their smartphone, yet 79% of Gen Z also say that they experience loneliness. So what mm. you're talking about right there, like it's just that simple thing of leveraging whatever you have, whether it's in person or online yeah. to make a difference and, and let somebody be seen. That's, that's what I took away from what you just said. It's about just letting other people know that as a human, you see them as a human, right? Yeah. Well, there, there's, you know, there's not only a pandemic of COVID that swept across the planet, but there's literally an epidemic of loneliness. There's yeah. data and research that's being done right now, scientific research that's showing that loneliness is actually more detrimental to your health, health than like some heart disease than, mm. than, than a lot of other th things like loneliness impacts us. And so, yes, like people are desperate to be seen and all it takes, I mean, you you know, I mean, if somebody like just seized you for something, right? Like what's the, what's, what's like a great gift that someone's given you. It's never the most expensive gift. It's always the most meaningful gift that shows you that, oh my gosh, how did they okay. know? Uh, well, how do they know? They saw you. Yeah. Right? They saw yeah. you. We believe the work you do on the front lines with kids and teenagers is the most important work in the world. Every meeting with a small group leader, email to parents, and late night supply run matters because you're helping kids and teenagers develop an everyday faith. On average, you have about 40 hours this year to influence the faith of kids and teenagers who come to your programming. That means you need to be intentional about your messaging strategy. Orange Curriculum is a comprehensive strategy for birth to high school. Each age group curriculum not only provides you with strategic messages to engage kids and students with biblical truths, but also resources to help you train volunteers and partner with parents. To start using Orange Curriculum to spend less time planning your message and more time doing what only you can do, building relationships. You can get started today at tryorangefree.com. That's tryorangefree.com. So true. So true. So, so obviously there's a lot of church leaders who listen to this podcast, Carlos. So I want to, I want to shift the conversation sort of that way. What do you think uh, it would look like for the church to be more human, the capital C church, what can they do or what can mm. we do to be more human as an organization? Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, this is a big thing that I've been trying to really trying to lean into the last year and a half, because as I have decided to see more people on my socials, right. As during, you know, the kind of the, the, the raids that everyone was feeling of 2020, like trying to have crucial conversations in a grace filled way and seeing a lot of people, I'll be honest with you the, it was the church that was pushing back against me. And when I say the church, I'm not saying like the global capital C church, but maybe smaller, lowercase C individual churches that were hesitant to the message yeah. that I was trying to, you know, convey in, in this, in this, in this, how to human idea, this, this whole idea of like, all people want to do is they, they want to be seen. So like when you start unpacking a lot of the issues that are sweeping across the, our landscape and you unpack them through the evangelical lens, I'm telling you right now, like, Sure. If if there's anything that you're that that you may disagree with with somebody that's standing on a certain issue, they just want to be seen. And mm. when the church, if the church can just see people, and I tell people all the time this: when people ask me, Carlos, where do you stand on this issue? Right? There's like ten issues that people want to know where I stand. I tell them the same thing every time. I don't stand on issues. I walk with people. 
I don't stand on issues. I walk with people. The more the church can begin to stop standing on issues and instead start walking with the people that those issues affect at that point, friend, that's when we're going to start to see the revival, you know, spill out uh, Mm. across America. And that's what I think people are waiting for. That's what people that are deconstructing their belief system in the church and all these things. Listen, that's deconstructing people. Their belief isn't a new thing. This isn't new. We don't need to be scared of this. We just need to walk alongside them and say, hey, we see you and we love you, you know, and allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that convicts instead of us. Like that's Holy Spirit's role. If our job is to see and to love, allow Holy Spirit to convict. At that point, I think we're going to be the church. So good, dude. I want to get super practical around this. I think everybody listening understands this idea, right, of being uh, of letting people know that you see them. But yeah. practically speaking, uh, from a especially from a social media point of view, let's let's talk about it from an online perspective. How how can that happen? How, what advice can you give to somebody who's like, how can I see, quote unquote, see somebody on social media, Carlos? What what would you advise yeah. me to do? What would yeah. your answer be to them? Absolutely, I I think that there's a couple things. I think the first thing that that you can do is you know, not let somebody else manage your social media accounts, right? Like I, I get it, but <laughs> I, I, but, but I'm like, man, I can snip that a mile away when there's a pastor or a church leader that some intern has managed their, their account. That is the least human thing you could ever do. And I will tell you right now, uh, and this may be, you know, email Dave, you don't have to email me if you're if you want to complain about this, <laughs> but, but stop it. Like, like it, it's social media for a reason. Like people yeah. want to, they want to interact with you. So you comment back, you heart their replies, you do those things. And then the, the second thing I would say that, that humanizes social media for me is, you know, you're going to run, if you're doing social media, I believe if you're doing it correctly, you're going to run across and people that don't think like you, don't talk like you, don't vote Mm. like you, all the things like you. And so you're probably going to end up having some interactions with people that uh, disagree, vehemently disagree with a lot of things that you're talking about, right? If I'm talking about not standing on issues, but walking with people, now's where it gets hard, right? Now we're walking with people. And this is what I tell people all the time. In order to humanize social media for me, especially disagreements, Every anytime somebody sends me a, a DM that's like rawr or a comment that's like rawr, right? And they're like they're like roaring and they're pissed. I inevitably every single time I open up my camera and I record a video yeah. and I say, hey, 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 I just wanted you to see my eyes that's before good. you reply back because I wanted you to know that like like I, I see you and I hear you and I'm for you. And so we, we, we're probably going to disagree, but I just wanted you to yeah. get it from my mouth and not my thumbs. And yeah. I tell you 99 out of a hundred times Good. that person has inevitably, not only has the conversation gone well, but they've probably ended up becoming a friend of mine. Like somebody that's like, well, guess what? We're not going to see eye to eye on this, but I mean, I really like you, you know? And so, I, so those are just mm. two things that I would say, run that's your good. own social media account, do it yourself as much as you can. <laughs> and then also try to reply on video to as many people as yeah. you can. Now that's interesting because a lot of people don't even know that you can literally do that yeah. in a DM, right? You, you can either record uh, your, your video or you can record your audio. I find audio sometimes just hearing that tone of voice is so different, yes. right? It, it reminds so me, everything you just said, Carlos, reminds me of what our friend Reggie Joyner says, everything changes when it's someone you know, right? When When yes. it becomes personal, that 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 uh, anger, that frustration that can come through when you're using your thumbs to speak goes away when it's somebody you know. And so yeah. something really key that you said also is, you know, if, if pastors are leveraging their own, using their own social media themselves, then when they respond to somebody, we don't understand, I don't think we understand the value of the return uh, on investment when you like somebody else's post, when you comment on somebody yeah. else's post. Would you agree? 
absolutely. You know, I, I try to do that as much. I can't do it anymore. I used to really pride myself in replying to every DM and now I can't do it, but I do try to reply to at least a hundred a day and yeah. I'll reply. And whether it's a voice memo, a video or a comment. And what, let me tell you what happens is these people who are in the mass of 240,000 followers suddenly don't feel like they're in a mass of 240,000 followers. Suddenly they're like, Oh my gosh, my friend, Carlos, like, like, even though I may have only <laughs> liked one of their comments, they're like, no, that's my friend. And they're in yeah. and they're in it with me, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, it's very, very, very important that we do that. Gosh, man, this conversation just reminds me of what Andy Stanley says, right? The world might not agree with what we say about Jesus, might not agree with what we believe about the Bible, but we should be famous for how much we see and care for other people. That's what's going to change yeah. the world, right? So good. It's, it's, it's so good. I mean, that that's what they're measuring us for, right? Yeah. That's why I have, you know, atheists and, and witches. I had, I had like a group of witches that DM me and they're like, we just, we love your stuff. We don't believe anything that you talk about when it comes to your faith, but man, you're such a great human. That's, that's yeah. always what they say. And I'm sitting here going mm. like, okay, guess what? I'm just all, what they don't know is I'm just representing Jesus. This is just a palpable presence of Holy spirit in me. They may not know it yet, but the longer they hang out, the more opportunity I'm going to have. So, so I'm not freaking out that I'm not sharing Bible verses every single <laughs> post I put up. And I'm not like, you know, having a gospel or a salvation prayer at the end of everything. No, like, yeah. like this is the long game for me. And I'm trying to like get these relationships in for the long haul. Good, and dude. the amount of people that have told me, Carlos, I follow, followed you for five years. I've never been to church, but this weekend you convinced me. And I went to church for the first time in five years. I'm like, that mm. never would have happened had I been like, week one, follow me. You've got to go to church and rock. No, yeah. this is the long game. Remember, it's yeah. a long game. Yes, I say that all the time to people. Social media is a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? Yeah. People will follow your example more than they follow your opinion. It's so good. There's so much good stuff here. Because you said something, I want, I want to go back. and I want to keyword optimize yeah. this podcast right now, Carlos, and put you on the spot. What are three things people can do to be better humans that you haven't already said? Now, I'm going to give you a clue into one. You, you said you're just trying to be like Jesus, right? So what yeah. are three things people can do as soon as they switch off listening to this podcast or watching this video on YouTube? What's three things they can do to be a better human to the people around them today? Yep. First of all, they, they have to learn to literally be a better human, right? Like, like you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to make sure that the first layer of humanity that you're dealing with is your own. So what's that mean? Mm. Does that mean diet? Does that mean exercise? Does that mean counseling? Does that mean therapy? Does that mean what, what's something tangible that, you know, okay, how can I better myself right now? There, there's step one. The first thing is to be human. Second thing I'm going to tell people is, is what I've mentioned before. Who is somebody you can see today? Like, like how can you find another human to see? So you're going to be a human. You're going to see a human. And yeah. then when you see humans, the third thing I'm, I'm already giving away my how to human book outline right now, on the, <laughs> but this is it, man. After you see humans, now we're given the opportunity to free humans. Okay. Mm. So I go be human, see human, free humans, not only wow. see somebody, but after you see them, it's not good enough just to be convicted by something. There has to be action following conviction. So That's what good. can you do to actually free the person in front of you in some way, shape or form that freedom may come from a smile that freedom may come from a compliment, mm. but putting action behind your conviction is, is, is my kind of three tangible steps. So be human, see humans and free humans. And I think if you apply those things every single day, you're going to see things happen better around. Man, I love that. Thank you so for giving that part of the way. I mean, I know that that's going to make yeah. people want to buy the book uh, even yeah. more. That That's such good advice right there. I always come back to this idea that, you know, it's called humankind for a reason, right? Because as humans, right. 
we're supposed to be kind. The clue is in the name. And even you look at the life of Jesus when he talks about in Matthew 25 that, you know, when you were, when I was um, hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed yeah. me. Like all of these are acts of kindness, right? It's so Absolutely. tangible. And they it's fall into one of those three categories. Yes. No, it's not. It's not so freaking complicated, man. We try to you don't have to go to your live your best life now seminar to figure out how to do this human thing. Right. You know, just yeah. just just be kind. I like it. I love that. Be Jesus. Just just copy and paste. Open up the gospel. Do what he did. Yeah, it's so good. Right. Um, and so simple. Hey, what gives you uh, what gives you hope for the future, Carlos? What, what is it that's that's happening in your world right now or that you see that gives you hope for the future of humanity? What gives me hope is that we we're, we've we've hit a point of this point of contention where people are having to choose right now whether or not that they're going to continue to go down this path and i'm just going to continue to hate everybody or mm. I, you know what i think i'm over it I, I think i'm over hating everybody and that's what gives me hope is i feel like more and more people are kind of like you know what i'm kind of done listening to the voices that are just telling me to hate everybody that are telling me why these mm. people are wrong and and i'm over it and so the more i travel the more i speak the more i talk to people on my socials the more i what gives me hope is people are done with that people are ready to be humankind again they're ready to 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 be the humans that they were created to be and i feel like all the the pain that we've gone through the last 18 months, 20, you know, 24 months um, yeah. is about to come out as revival on the other side. And that gives me mm. hope. Yeah, that's so good. Hey, what, what Carlos, what makes you laugh? <laughs> you talked about smiling oh a lot. I want to know what is it that makes you laugh? What is it that makes you smile? Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, I would say my, my friend Thad makes me laugh. First of all, you know, we all have that one friend right? That just makes us laugh. And so whenever I can get around that, I know I'm going to laugh because he's got the best jokes. Right. And so like, um, so, the, and then dad jokes make me laugh. So you give me a good dad joke. You can make me laugh. Here's my favorite dad joke. Okay. Ready? Why okay. can't, why can't ants catch COVID? I don't know. Why can't ants catch COVID? Because they have tiny little antibodies. Boom. There it is right there. <laughs> There's my favorite dad joke of the, of the hour, but yeah, dad jokes and, and my friend Thad make me laugh. Oh, brilliant. Hey, one, one last question. Um, if you could go back and give young Carlos some advice, if you could give yourself advice from when, when you were 20, if you could go back now to, to 20 year old you, what advice yeah. would you give yourself about being in ministry? Mm, man, Ooh, I, I would, I would probably tell myself at 20, um, I would, I would have to prophesy to myself that there's this thing coming called social media. And I know 20 year old Carlos, you're not going to know what that is. And actually it's going to like ruin your life for a few years because you're going to think that, that the goal of ministry is what it looks like on the outside, as opposed mm. to how it's impacting people on the inside. And I'm telling you what, once I figured that out, that it is no longer like, hey, what do people think about how I look doing ministry? And what is ministry actually doing to those around mm. me? At, at that point, it shifted everything. And I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is going to struggle with that. Yeah. But for those of you that do, and it's getting harder and harder not to, um, you know, I, I just think that that we've got to remember that how our ministry affects people on the inside is yeah. way more important than what it looks like on our outside. Yeah, that's really good. What what advice do you give your kids around social media, Carlos? Because I, I feel like it's yeah. probably similar to what you would give 20-year-old Carlos. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I definitely tell them that. My daughters, it's it's really crazy. My my kids actually aren't into social media. And you you know this because you study the trends yeah. like like I am, right? So like they're using social media more so to communicate with friends as yeah. opposed to 
They think it's weird that I document every moment of my life on social media for all these 35 year old soccer moms around the country. Like, like they, they're like, that is weird, dad. Like why, you know, so for my kids, it's, it's more about just understanding that their value isn't based on the filters that they place on their, mm. you know, on the face and all the things. And, and, Good. and it is, you know, it, it's something that I want them to treat with respect and that I want them to know is a very powerful social media is very powerful. And I think the last six months they've seen how powerful it is on my social media. They've seen people's lives become changed. And so I, I'm starting to see them go like, Hey, I wonder if I can do that. I wonder if I can use my social for good. So that's what I probably lean into them with. That's good. Carlos Whitaker. Thank you so much, man. Um, Really appreciate your time. When, when does the book come out? Uh, The book will be out crossing our fingers in October of 2022. Uh, this year so and, and i assume we can get it in all the usual places all the usual places great awesome carlos again thank you so much man it's so great to see you dude good to see your face well, we want to say thank you so much to carlos for joining us on this episode uh, as a longtime friend of carlos i always love everything that he has to say and all the wisdom that he has to share now if you enjoyed listening to this conversation as well you can purchase carlos's book kill the spider in our orange store How do you find it? Well, you go to orangestore.com or you can go wherever books are sold. Now, we'd also love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's super helpful for us to get the word out and share all the wisdom. Uh, We love this review by Casey. She actually said, each episode brings in practical, immediately applicable tips for leaders and volunteers in preschool, kids, and student ministry. Love that the podcast is also easy and fun to listen to. So Casey, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing that review. Now, we cannot wait for you to join us at Orange Conference 2022 so that you can join the conversation and we can continue learning what it means to be human together. So go to theorangeconference.com to save your seat for an Orange Conference like you've never seen before. That's all for this week. We will see you next time on Think Orange Podcast. Orange Conference.